The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage? in your home or business then call water cleanup of florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance with over 60 years of combined experience michael robert and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day 365 days a year after the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954 579 That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and I'm Alfredo Artiaga. This is another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This is our preview edition of Week 2, Dolphins-Ravens. Chris Kaufman is with me. Simon Clancy will join me later on. We're recording in two parts because Simon's out to, to dinner, Chris. So he can't join us right now. because we're. What do you suppose he's eating? Huh. He's home, right? So he's not gallivanting about, right? So Chips. spotted Chips. dick. Probably, probably. I was going to go with that, but. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to keep it clean for the uh for the youngins um i'm thinking i'm thinking something with chips a steak let's call it a steak how about a steak steak steak, steak? Really? yeah a steak and chips and and, and i know he's gonna say chips and it's fries people. steak and chips they're called with fries a, with a bis- with a biscuit for dessert yeah i know he's gonna say something like hey we invented the language no, okay that's fine those are not chips okay those are called fries they're they're called steak frites. <laughs> yeah. This show is brought to you, of course, by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Use promo code five. That's the word five. And get this. You deposit a hundred dollars, they give you a hundred dollars. And it and it isn't one of these these hundred dollar bonuses where you know it takes you two, three years to to roll it over. No, you roll it over once and it's yours. So essentially your hundred dollar deposit is free. How is that how is that for a promo a promotion? Chris. Pretty good. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. So use the promo code five F I V E. We're also brought to you by manscape. Use promo code five RSN. You get 20% off your entire order today. I learned I was today years old when I learned that the CEO of manscape calls himself the ball boss, the ball boss. Yeah. Is that a great name or what? Wow. Or is this guy insisting upon himself? I, I don't I don't even know what to say about that, but the, the first gut reaction is um is awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just it's just my reaction. <laughs> yeah, I would say so, right? But it is a it's it's a great name. Like, you know, like if you could call yourself the ball boss, you would, right? Yeah, I would. <laughs> you know? And if we weren't brought to you by enough people, we're brought to you by more people. We're brought to you by Better Edge, okay? Go to Better Edge, that's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get a $20 bonus just for signing up. All right, Chris. All right, Alf. <laughs> I guess we'll start with the with the injury report, and then we're going to get into the, 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 the Baltimore Ravens. Um Whoa, 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 what you can't, you can't just pull a change up on us all of a sudden. Say say the name of that team again, Baltimore. Why is it all of a sudden Baltimore and not Baltimore? Okay. The Baltimore 
Oh, Ravens. Okay. You can't, you can't, you've, you've got expectations from our listeners at this point. You can't just switch it up on them now. Don't code yeah. switch like that, Alf. Well, we don't, uh, do we play the Chicago Bears or no? <laughs> we do, do we? Uh, no, we, no. Yes, no, we do. We, we do. We, we, yeah. Right. We do. Yeah. We play that division. So, yeah, we play the Chicago Bears. Yes. You see? See, and you can't now. you can't switch that one up either. No. Yeah, we do. We do. We play the we play the Chicago Bears. Uh, see, I can say it. I can say it like that. But I mean, look, now now you're just like you're just throwing a a, a wrench or a curb, listeners. Yeah, but uh, I guess we'll start here. Uh, on Wednesday, that was an ominous uh, injury report, man. Oof, that well, thing it got was... even worse today. Well, sort of. Yeah, it got even worse today because two guys, two guys that weren't on it Wednesday, are suddenly on it today. Uh, Oh, really? Can we go over it? Let's let's just go over it because there's there's way too many versions of the same injury report out there. I I would I would say I would say it's relevant to a preview episode. So yeah, let's go over it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. But you know, take us through this this injury report. I guess I'll start it off, and then you could you could take it from where I started off. Okay. Um, I said earlier in the week, I said it on OnlyFans, I said it on my Twitter account, I said it on the podcast, if Austin Jackson does not practice on Thursday, you could consider him out for Sunday, I think that's a safe bet, Torn Arms did practice today, that's good news, yeah. it looks he was like limited he, though, yeah, limited. but it looks, you know, well he's been limited for, for about six, seven years, uh, yeah, practice. that's true, that's, that's fair. <laughs> He gets a Trent Williams treatment, which means he's pretty important. You don't have to practice, buddy, if you don't want to. <laughs> okay. So that's good news. He's going to play on Sunday. Greg Little steps in at right tackle. From there, take it from there, Chris. What else showed up on this injury report today? Well, so Greg Little, the thing is uh, that um, – actually, I'll talk about him in a minute because uh, he's kind of important uh, – so he was on the injury report yesterday and on Wednesday, but he was a full participant. In fact, he was the only full participant uh, on all of the uh, players listed on the practice report uh, from Wednesday. Uh, everybody else was a DNP, um, like uh, Savan Ahmed, Teron Armstead, Seathan Carter, and Austin Jackson, Cedric Wilson. They were all DNPs on Wednesday. Cedric Wilson is, an, is kind of a new one. He's got a toe injury. That's interesting. Um, and now today, uh, they are Savan Ahmed, Teron Armstead, and, uh, and Cedric Wilson are uh, limited. They were limited today. The problem is that, and by the way, Eric Rowe has been limited this whole time, uh, mm-hmm. as has been Tanner Connor. Um, and I think that I think that the consensus is that Eric Rowe will play. The problem is that suddenly Christian Wilkins and Brandon Jones have appeared on the uh, the injury report today, and they were not on it yesterday. Brandon Jones evidently injured a hip, and Christian Wilkins injured his back, uh, and this must have happened in practice uh, yesterday. Essentially, hmm. um, they were both limited today, so they did practice. Uh, the only DNPs were Austin Jackson and Seathan Carter, as you mentioned, but also Xavier Howard. And that was just a vet rest thing. Like this is just a year Xavier Howard. You don't actually need to practice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Seathan Car- or not Seathan, uh, Teron Armstead is on, is on a lot of that too. But um, yeah, so that's, that's the injury report. I, I would say, you know, this is just me guessing just so take that for what it's worth. But I think you're going to get a uh, you're going to get full participation in the game uh, for all of these guys, with the potential exception of or not potential, but with the exceptions of Seathan Carter and Austin Jackson. So I think they all will play, but they are also appearing on the injury report and they are being limited or are not practicing on certain days. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I do expect uh, Eric Rowe to play. He will be important. Um, the second best tight end, which is a hell of a designation, but you know, there, there's one that's already, you know, the horse is in the barn, you know, <laughs> Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the planet. And George Kittle seems to find that injury bug all the time. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just put your boy up there. 
you know, Andrews is the second best tight end in football. You agree? Uh gosh, you know, well, um, because because it's between it's between he and um and what's his name? Uh, uh George Kittle. And, no, or Waller. Um, Waller to me. It's between. Well, okay. It, it it's lucky that we don't have to make this too too hard because Kittle is is not playing right now, and it looks like he's going to miss a second straight week. But I mean, like, if if we're considering Kittle, then yeah, it's it's somewhere around those three, um, those three guys, and and which in guy in particular that you take. I mean, clearly a lot of people would take Kelsey um, above a lot of other people but um but a lot of people will take waller above andrews you know um so i think he's like top three top top five this is a guy i've loved I, I love him I'm, i mean i love him forever but um but yeah i you got to give some respect to some other some of those other guys darren waller travis kelsey george kittle yeah eric Rowe will be very very important to track that guy down he's he's essential for the the game plan gives him some versatility and now that brandon jones is showing up on on injury reports even yeah. more so well I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to manage that because uh you know eric rowe was out against new england they didn't miss him no you know uh i'll just be just be honest you know um brandon jones played phenomenally you know he was one of my we had, we had to isolate three guys and or spotlight three guys and um and he was one of them for me. Uh, and also Cater Coho came on there and, you know, he did some tight end coverage too. Mm-hmm. And obviously he played really well. Um, and they're, they're like, I think, I think like secretly, I think they're vibrating about Cater, uh, about him. Like, I think, <laughs> yeah. like, I think they're, I, I think they're really like really excited about him. Have you seen his arms? Yes. Um, I've seen him up close. Yeah. yeah. I've spoken to him. Yeah. So, um, very nice guy. You, you got to wonder, you do, you do have to wonder because, Hey, not everybody can play a lot of snaps. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so cater, cater coho got, um, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Cater coho. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, that would have been really embarrassing. Um, he, uh, he got 18 snaps and, uh, that's, that's not much, but you know, Eric Rowe, where would Eric Rowe have gotten uh, his snaps? Or where would Eric Rowe get his snaps? If if Brandon Jones is doing such a great jo- job and having a, a really great game last week, uh, and he is the starter and has been the starter, I think, over Eric Rowe anyway, um, where does Eric Rowe get his snaps? I mean, there are four snaps for Elijah Campbell. That's the lowest hanging fruit. But that's only four snaps. Mm-hmm. yeah so, he found his way on there for four snaps yeah and and he honestly it, he was lights out in preseason and uh much respect for that for that guy uh, i i was really backing him to make the team but on the four snaps that he was in the game i i saw i saw mistakes <laughs> <laughs> so so um so maybe you know maybe maybe they're they're gonna back that one up i don't know but um yeah where do you where do you put him or where do you, where do you get the snaps from? I don't know. It's special it's, teams. It's the question. Special I mean, Keon Crossan. He's not going to. Keon Crossan's not going to give it. Yeah, special teams. But Keon Crossan has nothing to do with it, right. He's 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 going to play more outside corner. Yeah. Um, and and uh, by the way, on OnlyFans, and you could get on OnlyFans for three dollars a month. Check our our pinned tweet on three yards per carry, our Twitter account three yards per carry. But somebody on OnlyFans posted a picture, and I noticed this in the game too. Josh Boyer seemed to be really animated with Keon Crossan and not in a good way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to do a little bit more, a deeper review on, on that. And, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll essentially shit can the, the video before the, the Thursday night game. I think, I think it was probably, was it, was it as, was it the play where you really lost outside contain? Um, probably it, it could have been, I mean, it, that, that sort of thing will drive coaches mad, but um, you know, yeah, because it's drilled. It's drilled over and over and over and over again. That's not something you should forget. You know, it's it's uh, you're supposed to be a little bit robotic when when you get into a pursuit lane, and mm-hmm. you know that's off. 
Cater Kahu, on on the other hand, was not. And this is a coach's pet. This is a worthy coach's pet. Yep. Uh, I think they found another one. Um, yeah, they just did. Definitely. And, you know, Josh Boyer's trying to take all, all, all the credit. Yes, he will. <laughs> <laughs> he is he uh, is very know. unlike mike mcdaniel i was on uh I, I, I sent ethan a text saying mike mcdaniel's first words addressing to to the team was i didn't do shit which is a great thing to hear you always mm-hmm. like to hear something like that especially from your coach it's something very spo-ish you mm-hmm. know eric spolster the coach of the miami heat uh it's something you want to hear a guy who's like not you know thirsting for the credit adam gates was not like that brian flores <laughs> You know, maybe publicly wasn't like that, but you could tell privately mm-hmm. by the things that were leaking. Because at one point we thought that Josh Boyer was essentially just, you know, uh, making coffee for for Brian Flores last year. At least that's what a lot of fans like to say. Well, that's I the saw story. that story. That's what that's what a lot of people were kind of considered it. I don't think that was. I didn't really think that was ever true. Um, but you know, a lot of people. I saw that game plan against that the Patriots. That 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 thing was tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. That was. There was some cool, cool stuff. Well, and that's what we're that's what we're getting into right now. Because what are they going to do against the Baltimore offense? Right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think the obvious thing is you want to funnel things to the the boundary. Lamar Jackson, you know, like we have heat maps. We have him going back four or five years. He doesn't like throwing to the boundary too much. Mm-hmm. And when he does, he's not as effective as when he throws to the middle of the field. So obviously, yeah, you want to push stuff to the boundary. We have the guys to do it. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we need to have a lot of good athletes. Uh, they've changed. Like, they're not a team that I think is going to line up there. By the way, their fullback also has not practiced all week. He's also injured. And yep. I guess we'll we'll get into the their side of the injury report after this question that I asked sure, you. Sure, sure. But I think that they're different. I don't think they're going to line up there and try to bludgeon us with 45 runs on Sunday. Don't I think, think they're they gonna can. Try- for multiple reasons, I don't think they can. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to throw it on us, try to be effective, try to use their their quarterback. And, yeah, play coverages and force things to the boundary. And, of course, be disciplined in your rush lanes. Will we send a lot of guys? I think we're going to, sh- we're going to show them a lot of those zero looks. Are we going to come mm-hmm. every single time? Maybe not. But... Xavier, I know it's in it's it's in their conscience. They're talking about it because Xavier Howard mentioned it unprovoked. Uh, he was asked about the game, and he has said, "I know you're expecting. Uh, they're probably expecting us to to do a lot of the stuff we did last year. So we're gonna have to switch it up and keep them guessing." So Xavier Howard's thinking about it. If he's thinking about it, his def- his head coach, like Mike McDaniel, likes to refer to him because. I also like that what Mike McDaniel said earlier this week, that he likes to consider his assistant coaches the head coaches of each individual unit, which is a it's a great thing. If you're an assistant coach, you hear that you love to hear that stuff. It's an ego boost and it always feels good to be empowered as a coach. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say Josh Boyer is going to mix it up. But I think the the feature and I don't know what you think feature is going to be getting speed on the field and forcing stuff to the boundary. It's, it's tough. Okay. So it's, it's tough to say because obviously last year I felt like they took the foot off the gas with respect to this, uh, this, this kind of all out blitzing approach early in the year. And, um, and they got off to that slow, infamously slow start. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know if the two were necessarily connected or whether they believe the two are necessarily connected. I mean, we've heard all kinds of things about, how um you know they're they've been the coaches have been obsessing over uh over the whole slow start thing last year and and they know that they can't get off to a slow start again uh remember the defense was not that bad in week one last year either and then it just and then it started to fall apart until until they got it together again Mm -hmm. um so so this would be you know this would be the time when things started to um to come apart at the beginning of the year last year and I know they don't want that to happen. Now they now some things that they've done in practice to prevent that, and and they talk they talk about how um, they go so hard in individual drills to try and gas their defensive players um, and and make them manage their their tiredness during team portion, you know, um, to to simulate game conditions, and and that's one thing. Um, but you know, I I happen to think this blitz thing is just such an identity 
for the for the defense. Um, it gets everybody amped up. It gets them excited. It gets them going. Um, I think that if they really backed off, then you you start to you start to look like a defense that you're maybe some of the guys that you think are better than are, are, are good players. Like they're not playing as good as you think they are, you know, they're just, they're just not playing like themselves. So I wonder if, if they're just going to have to go, go ahead and you know what Lamar Jackson is going to have to show that he can actually beat it. You know, you can't just assume, mm-hmm. right. I mean, yeah, Xavier Howard's right. They're, they're pro- probably working on some answers, but you can't just assume that suddenly he's going to be able to beat it. You got to, you got to, you got to prove it because it was devastating to them last time. It was and devastating to that team because every team after we did it started trying yeah, to do, exactly. to, to do their version of it. Absolutely. And, it exactly. and they, they finished the, they finished the year with six straight losses. The Baltimore Ravens did. So, um, so I think that, uh, I think that they are going to have to, go for it and try it um but the the reluctance that i have is that the baltimore offensive line is so bad i was watching it in the the jets game it and i was shocked and this is this is a bad unit all the way around um the tackles like and again ronnie stanley is probably not going to play uh, not practice on Thursday, and that's I don't think he's, tell, tell I don't think he's played. I don't think he's played in like two years. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but but yeah. So Ronnie Ronnie Stanley's not going to play. Jawan James was the guy that was uh, starting uh, last week, and he didn't finish the game. He's out for the year as well. So they got Morgan Moses. They had Morgan Moses at right tackle and Patrick Macari at left tackle um during the game i think that probably had to do with the fact that daniel uh Falale, um was was uh inactive for the game heading into the game i don't think he's going to be inactive heading into this game so it is going to be interesting to see whether they um they flip over the veteran morgan moses to left tackle um and, and then have uh have daniel play his uh his the the position he played in college right tackle but even that is like, well, Morgan Moses, I've never seen him. I don't know that I've ever seen him at left tackle. No. Like even going back to college. So, um, you know, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, question for them. What I do know is if Patrick, if, if they walk out there with the same thing, you know, Makari at left tackle and uh, Morgan Moses at right tackle and Ben Powers and uh, Kevin Zeitler and Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, we think Tyler Linderbaum is a great is a great rookie prospect, but he is a rookie, and right now his his run blocking is is you know kind of ahead of his pass protection. And um, and I think I didn't even realize Kevin Zeitler was still playing football, but um, so, so I think that I think that this offensive line is it's hard to be like to have confidence. Oh, this is the Baltimore Ravens. They're a good team and stuff like that. It's really hard to have confidence in, in that when their offensive line is so bad. So, um, so you might be tempted to rush the four because the jets were rushing four and, and staying in their lanes, staying very disciplined against uh, Lamar Jackson and still winning. And still while, winning the pass rush while Robert Sala was keeping receipts. You got to keep, you got to add that. Part yeah. Too. He's keeping the receipts on that. I mean, I know the jets do have some talent on the defensive line, but I mean, they were, I mean, it was, it was brutal at times for Lamar Jackson. And, um, and I think that, uh, I think that, you know, if, if Miami, if Miami does decide to back off of the, the blitzing approach, or let's say that they do have good answers for it. Um, and they prove that they do, and so we they force us to back off of it. That doesn't mean that they're in the clear because they have such a bad offensive line and and the running back situation. You know the the running game. It's hard to imagine they're going to get that running game going unless they get Lamar Jackson involved in the running game, and that is the real issue yes. that that is brewing kind of behind the scenes. I think in Baltimore. 
So, um, and, did and, a once and over. They, I saw two design runs. Did you see any more than one? Then, two, then, then those. Two? There were there were three, but uh, one okay. of them got called back on a penalty. Okay. Um, so you know, I was I, I saw only two on the um, on the play or on the uh, the game sheet. Um, that's not your dad's. I, that's not your dad's um, about about Baltimore, right? <laughs> no, you know, and and this is something because I I talked about it a little bit on OnlyFans earlier um uh, this year uh because you know lamar jackson is obviously he's unsigned and and he's of interest to teams and could be of interest to the miami dolphins even yeah if, there's uh, evil if, forces among us that are trying to por- force this well i'm <laughs> this just new I'm, narrative. Let, let's let's not let's not um sugarcoat it though that this is clearly a make or break year for the um for a tryout year for for Tua Tungvaloa and we know that we acknowledge that we think it's probably going to do all right anyway but um but yeah so so I think that uh you have to look at the fact that he's uh, Lamar Jackson has taken like 16 hits a game he's taken like 800 to- total hits in his career we're talking about uh, run plays and and sacks and um, and plays where he's gets brought to the the ground a, after a pass play. You know, um, you tally that all up. He's taken like sixteen a game in his career, and uh, and that's twice the rate that quarterbacks with longevity um, are able to do it. And so this guy is only six foot two, and you know. If he's 216 pounds, he's probably got a belly full of water and he's probably mm-hmm. dripping wet. Um, you know, that he can't keep taking that kind of punishment. So there's some behind the scenes, you know, chatter about uh the the relationship between Lamar Jackson and offensive coordinator, play caller Greg Roman. Um, and Roman has been, you know, the culprit for so many hits that Lamar Jackson has been taking and getting beat up is the fact that he averages like nine called runs per game mm-hmm. and then last week conspicuously with the ravens trying to get lamar to accept a contract and because they want him, there's no make no mistake about it they want him back but they're trying to get him to sign his con- contract offer conspicuously only two two run plays in that in that in that weird <laughs> like, yeah. you know so so i think that um they might feel like they got their uh hands you know hands tied um with with respect to the running game and and not not doing the things because when they call when you call lamar jackson's number that gives you the numbers advantage it's like a cheat code in Mm -hmm. in the run game right yeah and and so greg roman has has relied on that over the years and now it's like i can't do that anymore and i think that takes that might, that might, I think that takes Greg Roman out of his comfort zone as a play caller. Um, and I think that uh, it might take, um, it might have a, a detrimental effect on the offense in general. Like I, I watched them last week against the Jets and, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't think they were that impressive. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Oh, yeah, I think a lot of people are looking at this matchup and they're like, oh my God, they're facing Lamar Jackson. No, they're not. They're, they're facing Baltimore. Ravens. And when you face the Baltimore Ravens, you have to have the better roster, right? To win a game. And I understand that it's in Baltimore, but they're going to be on a very familiar. Uh, and I was researching this yesterday. They're going to be on a very familiar surface. There's only eight teams in the, in the NFL that use Bermuda grass. It's what they're used to practicing on. It's what they have a hard rock stadium. Uh, MMT banks uh, stadium moved to that grass a year ago. Mm. And Maybe that's why their offense has taken a change. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, I think the, the, I, you brought, this it's a up slower surface. Things. Like, look, look, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Okay. Uh, there's three main surfaces. Okay. You have field turf. It's the fastest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's no more AstroTurf in this league. Yeah, so you have no field turf. It's the fastest surface. Then you got Bermuda, second fastest. And then you got Kentucky Bluegrass. That's the slowest. Mm-hmm. They went from the fastest to that middle ground. Mm-hmm. And then the offense took a change. Something or nothing? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I do think that it it might matter to uh, to a visiting team that's used to playing on that sort that surface, um, you know, like the Dolphins. Uh, that that could matter a little bit. 
Um, but I, I, I just wonder if it's been the cover zero type of looks uh, all along, because I think you even brought the point up earlier on OnlyFans, like it was, you know, it was, it was not just the Miami game. Like he had, he had issues with cover zero before that and Miami, you know, blew it open basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I think that 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 could be some of the issue it also could be frankly um i don't know that i i don't know that greg roman is long for baltimore uh, as the offensive coordinator and play caller and it could be they need it they need a new system you know and um and i think that uh you know it's just going to be fascinating to watch to see if they they in the old the old saying with dan marino when he was at quarterback was um was going to the candy dish Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they're talking about the run game, we always want to establish the run game, but you never do because, uh, because, you know, you have Dan Marino, so you want him to pass it. It's, it's, they said it was like reaching for the candy dish over and over again. I wonder if the candy dish is off limits as far as um, getting Lamar Jackson to help ignite the run game, you know, and, and play the sort of ball that they want to play. Because mm-hmm. if they're if they're not doing that, and if the the halfbacks are struggling, Justice Hill, Kenya Drake, Mike Davis, those are the guys that were playing last week. Uh, J.K. Dobbins might play this week, but it's his first action off of a devastating knee injury. So, um, so I wouldn't necessarily expect him to just like be bell cow all of a sudden. Um, so I, I I think that if they're if they're not getting going, then you're going to want to get Lamar Jackson involved in the running game. And maybe they have decided that they can't really do that. And if they, if you don't do that, then their offense just doesn't really interest me all that much. I mean, it's just, it reminds me of Miami's offense last year, to be honest. Hmm. Um, You know, so I, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, And, and I think in particular, our defensive line, they could if they if they can maintain their rush lanes and still beat up on those those blockers um it could be a good game for us yeah i tend to agree and if you go through their their uh, their injury situation right now starting to look uh, on wednesday it looked pretty you know you know it looked it looked okay for marcus peters to make his return on sunday now not so much you mean so, thursday or on Wednesday, I would say on Wednesday, oh. on Wednesday, it was looking like Marcus Peters might, might make his return. Well, he, was, he was a full today. He was a full practice. today. So he is a full, but, the, but for whatever reason, their, their, their beat is saying that it's not a full go. Now, is that just them blowing smoke? Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I knew it is very questionable, very questionable whether he's going to play. Um, mm-hmm. And also of note is the fact that um, that Brandon Stevens uh, is has a quad injury and he went from limited on Wednesday to uh, he not practice today. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a potential for like three of their top four corners to, um, to be, to be banged up or, uh, or, or even not playing. Um, and if that's the case, you know, good luck with good luck with, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> yeah, and I do expect them to play well, and I, and I expect Tua to play well as well. It's pretty simple for me, and this is on the way out before I bring in Simon Clancy. Your roster is better. At least I think the Dolphins' roster is better. I think we we can agree, right? Miami has a better roster than than the Ravens. I would I would say yes because I watched them last week, and I, Simon may disagree. We'll find out what what he thinks. Um, I know he has a lot of respect for the Baltimore Ravens. I do generally have a lot of respect for the Baltimore Ravens, their coaching staff, um, or the way they coach, John Harbaugh, special teams, um, defense. You know, well coached team. Uh, but the only thing, the only, the only impressive parts of the entire team that I saw, and in, in the Jets game, were the defensive front. And their their blitz scheme, which was impressive, and they they allocate to make it impressive, so it's important to them. Um, and then the individual playmaking powers of Lamar Jackson and uh, and Mark Andrews. Yeah, uh, and that the, that's it. Like that that was basically the only because I saw the Jets, I saw Jets receivers running running free, 
around there. Um, it's just that the uh, offensive line was getting just absolutely hammered by Baltimore's defensive front. So they couldn't really find, and, and Joe Flacco is such a panicky, you know, he, he couldn't really, but also, you know, Joe Flacco threw 59 passes in the game. <laughs> you know, the, the jets had, the jets are like number seven in the league and, and plays per drive right now against that Baltimore D and they went against that Baltimore defense last week. So um, there, there were receivers running free. Uh, they got, I think it was the running backs combined for something like 83 yards on 16 carries, like over five yards a carry. Um, so they got a lot of what they want in the, the run game. Uh, Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator of the Jets, he and, he and Mike McDaniel are like kindred spirits. Um, I, I can I sort of imagine that Mike McDaniel watches the, the game and knows exactly what Mike LaFleur was thinking on, you know, basically every play call um, and, and all his game plan. So I think that, you know, he's going to have a little bit of there's almost like there's carryover um, in, in the game plan against uh, against the Ravens this week. And uh, and that offense, which is similar to ours. It was getting some of the things they wanted. It's just a matter of the offensive line holding up in front, in the face of that um, that defensive front, is terrible for the Ravens. Yeah. All right. On the way out here, before I bring in Simon Clancy, uh, I expect this team. If you have the better, if you have the better roster, and you're coming into this game as the better team, sometimes you have to win some of these games on the road against a decent team, against a a borderline or uh, let's say playoff worthy team, which mm -hmm. the Baltimore Ravens are. I think this is one of those games. It's early in the season. You have a relatively healthy team. You're missing your right tackle, but the one, the guy who stepped in actually played pretty good in Greg little. I expect them to win. I don't think it's going to be easy. Like if they go out there and they absolutely, you know, boat race the, the Baltimore Ravens, I want to start talking about, you know, some some pretty heavy stuff okay well, once they're talking about four now to start this thing <laughs> well okay. it's interesting you say that because we're in the part of the year where we're actually right now kind of finding out which teams are the good teams and which teams are the bad teams and mm -hmm. the ravens team that i saw against the jets last week even though they won and they they won you know as decisively against the jets as we won against the patriots um you know, I think what I saw was a Baltimore team that pro that looked a little bit more like the team that that finished the season last year with six straight losses than um, than a than a really formidable team this year. And and so I think they what they did is they just ran across ran into a Jets team who is, you know, by far even worse. Um, and I think the Jets are one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NFL this year. Uh, and yes, Robert Solly can keep that receipt if he wants. Um, but I, I think that, so I, I, I wonder if what, what happens is, you know, yeah, Ravens are, are favored against the dolphins here. And you're saying, you know, you need to be able to take one of those games against the tough opponents. But I think what also could be happening here, we're finding out maybe that Baltimore isn't as tough an opponent as we think that they're going to be. Um, and so, you know, I do believe the dolphins will win. It's interesting. You mentioned Greg little, I mentioned their defense front being so nasty in Baltimore, uh, you know, cause Justin, um, Justin Houston was an absolute menace in the game. He's rushing over left tackle a lot. Um, and so Teron Armstead is playing, if he's playing that that's huge, uh, boon for the dolphins. Um, but also Greg little keep an eye on his health. You know, I know he's going to play. But that doesn't mean he's healthy because he was two different people during that New England game. He was one guy when he before he got he he injured his ankle, and he was a completely different guy when his ankle was hurt and he was limping around everywhere. He had no more. He he didn't have the lateral mobility anymore. Uh, he couldn't sustain blocks. He couldn't play through the whistle. Um, you know, so so keep an eye on him. He's he's sort of a perpetual hurt guy too. So. Um, you know, if he's just because he's playing doesn't mean he's hundred percent, he's going to need to be close to hundred percent against that, um, that defensive front, but overall, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I expect Miami to win this game. I expect to, that we're going to start to find out that the Ravens aren't necessarily that great of a team. Um, and in this case, you know, I think that Mike McDaniel is licking his chops about getting the run game going. 
um, on the road, you know, yeah, it's going to be, there's going to be crowd noise and stuff like that in the passing game, which could uh, affect the passing game. So the antidote to that is to just, is to be able to just run all over them because the jets actually did. Um, so, you know, overall, I think that we're going to see a run heavy game plan, Mike McDaniel, it's what he wants to do. And this is a good opponent to try that against. And then we're going to see the solid, this type of solid win that comes about when you are establishing the run um, and, and then able to play uh, good defense. And I think that that's, uh, you know, what, as for a score, you know, maybe a 20 to 13 type of ball game, but um, it, it's not going to look impressive necessarily on the scoreboard. Um, but, uh, but I do think that that's, they're going to walk out with the W. Yeah, I tend to agree, but I'll give my uh, my my score prediction when I get Simon Clancy on here. But first, a word from a sponsor. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library. I mean, library, a den, an outdoor lanai. And both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com. Or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. And we're back, and as promised, Simon Clancy. Hello, Simon. Hello, Al. All right, uh, just, to, just to clear something up, we were speculating what you were having for dinner. Uh, uh, okay, if so you can reveal that on the podcast. I can. We went to the theater to watch Train Spotting. Um, and then we went to a place called Home in Manchester, and I had <laughs> I had butternut squash lasagna, which is an absolute win. Sounds okay. horrendous. Is really nice. Okay, we completely missed. Yeah, sorry. I had you having a steak tonight. No, dude. Okay. Well, they, they play a little. Uh, our favorite little football team plays a, a game on Sunday that I consider kind of important because, okay. as I as I told Chris, if you think you're an upper echelon team. And if you think you have a better roster than the Baltimore Ravens, this is the kind of game that you just go over there and, and you win. And you know, it doesn't, you don't need stop points, but if you could win by a field goal, that's fine. But you notch this one. Like this is the kind of game that you go out there and win uh, your thoughts overall on the matchup. Yeah. I think it's a tough game. Look, any game where you go on the road against a, a perennial team that's won consistently over the years. I think it's a hard game. MT Bank Stadium, difficult. You know, it's Baltimore, a good team. Started off last week with a comfortable win over the Jets. Completely reshaped that defense with Mike McDonald coming over from Michigan. Um offensively, obviously Lamar Jackson um playing on the on the final year of his contract, former league MVP. Um you know, and the Baltimore offense is pretty much the same. You know, it's Greg Roman. It's a powerful running game. J.K. Dobbins obviously back, but back for the first time in a long time. Offensive line has struggled a bit, and we'll find out whether or not Ronnie Stanley plays, but it looks unlikely. And then, obviously, you know, you've got the big power tight end in Mark Andrews. Isaiah Likely, the rookie out of Coastal Carolina, had a really good training camp, really good summer. Um, Devin Duvernay turned up with two big touchdowns. Obviously, no Hollywood Brown anymore, um, but Duvernay sort of stepping up and... and, and um, and obviously the kid they they drafted from Minnesota a couple of years ago, uh, Rashad Bateman as well, who injured a lot of last year, but had a big touchdown catch at the weekend. So, look, it's a tough game. It's a tough team. It'll be a tough atmosphere. They're really well coached. John Harbaugh's an outstanding coach. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a pick'em game, really. And I think, you know, what's going to need to happen is that the Dolphins are going to need to go in and play their best game. And, and really that starts with the quarterback. And I know everything, you know, everything we always seem to do 
you know, comes from the quarterback. But, mm-hmm. you know, I go back to that Tennessee game last year where we went to Tennessee needing to win to go into the playoffs and, and Tua just played so, so poorly, played really down, looked small, played small, just didn't, just didn't show up. He's got to show up on Sunday. He's got to turn in his biggest game. But, you know, having looked at the All-22, certainly of Miami's offensive performance, a lot of throws left on the field, um, but a lot of players running wide open. So if they can capitalise on that, then I think, you know, it, it should be a really good close game. But, you know, he's got to show up big. Yeah, and it looks like the, the Dolphins are getting a little bit of injury luck here. On Wednesday, it looked bleak. As I was telling Chris, you know, it looked like, wow, you know, Teron Armstead showing up on the injury report. But now he's participating in practice. It looks like he's going to play. Uh, Austin Jackson is very, very likely out. And Seathan Carter is in the concussion protocol. So those look like the two guys that are not going to make it for, for Sunday, which means that Greg Little's going to step in. And I'd love to see the Greg Little that played the majority of that game. Chris, uh, and I guess we'll talk about a little bit about the replacements for the guys that we have injured, which is just Austin Jackson. But Chris mentioned that he agreed with me that Greg Little played very well until he himself took an ankle injury. He was also on the injury report earlier this week. And then he, he didn't look the same the rest of the game. What was your report card on Greg Little? Because I was, I was pleasantly surprised that yeah, they could reach the to the bench and play somebody that actually was effective. Pretty much the same. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't that surprised actually because I thought he played pretty well when I saw him in um in the singular game against Philadelphia in in preseason. I know he was going against the backups, but I thought he did a good job until he got injured, and I thought he was really shaky. Um, obviously the concern is then what happens. You know, should Little go out? Should should Toronto Armstead, the worst case scenario, get hurt? I mean, it's already it's already difficult to to contemplate the fact that we've played one game and already he's on the injury report and. He's got a toe problem and the coach is talking about whether or not he'll make it or not. And, you know, that is a concern um, given his injury history. And, you know, just can't afford to lose a player of that of that quality, which is what he is. You know, if this, if this team has any hope of going anywhere this season, they're going to need to run Armstead to play as many games as is humanly possible. Um, so, you know, you hope Little's back um, because he did play well uh, up until the time in which, um, uh, until he got hurt. And at, at that point, you know, he started to fall apart, and yeah, you know, I didn't think the offensive line played very well at the weekend. You hope that it will grow from one week to the next. The more they play together, those sorts of things. But, but yeah, if um, if uh, if Jackson can't go, and it looks like he can't, we're going to need the the little that we saw before we got hurt. Yeah, and I didn't talk to I, I didn't talk to Chris about this, but I, I guess might as well touch on this with with you. They signed Brandon Shell, and uh, they made their intentions known he will be on the practice squad for two weeks training up to be on the roster which means if you if you're going to read a little bit of you know the tea leaves austin jackson's ankle injury is probably worse than they're letting on yeah so uh, what do you think of brandon shell counting stats alone are pretty good over 1200 snaps six sacks five penalties in two years not bad especially when you know you're picking a guy off the street week two your thoughts on Brandon Shell? Yeah, I mean, you're not picking a Hall of Famer off the street, but you know, this is a guy who started six years, uh, six years in 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 the NFL, last two in Seattle. Um, he, he's reportedly not in amazing shape, um, you know, and he's going to need to get up to speed, which is why he's going onto the onto the practice squad. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's as good as Greg Little, but he is good veteran depth. Uh, you know, when you see guys, you you know, at one point you see Armstead going down, you see Jackson get rolled up on, you see Greg Little get hurt, and you're like, man, we are we are thin, you know. And with with guys like Dwayne Brown going, you look around at someone like Eric Fisher, obviously um, unsigned. You look at Jason Peters, who's on the practice squad of the, uh, the Cowboys, but you know, there's another potential there. But you know, I think Shell is a is a good depth signing in terms of um, somebody that can come in and. You know, if something does happen, the worst case scenario does happen, then, you know, you can put him in, plug him in. He's going to be a plug and play guy. And like I said, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer, but it's um, it's probably better than putting Lionel Coleman out there, for example, with, with the greatest respect. Yeah. Um, before we get into the game and predictions, uh, we're going to talk about this injury luck that the Dolphins, I guess, are being blessed with here at a late hour. But Brandon Stevens looks like he's not going to make it. And if he doesn't make it for the game, Marlon Humphrey just showed up on the injury report, which means every single cornerback from cornerback one to cornerback four 
is on the injury report for for Baltimore, and three might not play. It looks like Marcus Peters might be back. Maybe he did. He was a full participant, but the beat guys are saying we don't know. It could be a game time decision. That's what's happening in their secondary. On their offensive line, Ronnie Stanley is not going to play. Jawan yeah. James is out for the season. It's looking like, what are they going to do? Morgan Moses is going to move out to left tackle, and they're going to play the rookie Daniel Falele at yeah. right tackle? Do you think that's what they're going to do? I don't remember Morgan Moses ever playing left tackle. No, I don't either. I, don't. I mean, the secondary is really interesting because, you know, they play pretty conservatively in the secondary. They are... Um... You know, a lot of good players back there, but their their system is predicated really on the front seven action. Um, they've got a lot of good safeties, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But you know, the the, the flip side to the flip side to Marlon Humphrey going on the on the on the um injury report with the groin injury and limited in practice today, is that they got Martin Marcus Peters back. Peters was full go for the first time this season, suffering from a knee injury. Now, obviously, Carl Fuller tore his ACL. Brandon Stevens is kind of up in the air. So, you know, there's a couple of young guys in, in Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour-Davis. Armour-Davis, who I really liked coming out of Alabama, thought he should have stayed in school, would have been a first-round pick next year, I think, in terms of his talent. Only started five games last year, but he's a really good long corner. Um, but, you know, if Stevens with the quad injury isn't available on Sunday, the Ravens could be missing, you know, three of their top four corners, which is which is huge. I mean, they, they, they play a lot of um, they play a lot of shell coverages. They play a lot of quarters. Um, they rotate safeties around uh, an awful lot. And they've got one of, if not the best safety in the game in Marcus Williams. Um, so the the way they play, obviously the rookie car Hamilton, the way they play with those three safeties is really intriguing um, in terms of what they do. But, you know, if cornerback depth is an issue, you know, you don't want Tyreek Hill and, uh, and Jalen Waddle marching into your, your stadium. Yeah, I completely agree. And on their offensive line, they're having issues as well. Mm. Um, People think of the of the Baltimore Ravens and they think, okay, this is a team that's just going to line up and bludgeon you with with forty five runs and maybe ten design runs. I found it interesting. Uh, Chris found a third, but I saw two design runs by Lamar Jackson. Chris found a third that was called back by penalty. Okay, they averaged nine last year. This is something that they're doing. This is they're conscious of what they're doing. This has to do with the with the contract and the Dolphins. I think. I don't know what you think, but I think that they're facing a different type of Ravens team. I think this is a team that's going to try to win on the strength of Lamar Jackson's arm and not their running game because they don't even have their fullback, Patrick Ricard, for this game. So this is a different team, especially that 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 has to mean something. Two design runs when they averaged nine last year for Lamar Jackson. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, the run game sort of feels like it's going nowhere with them right now. I mean, it was a concern for them coming out of the preseason, and that's sort of translated over certainly to week one. How much emphasis you put in on week one in terms of, look, is this really what we're like as a team remains to be seen. But, you know, and you hope that J.K. Dobbins coming back will help that a little bit. But it wasn't, you know, it didn't look great, I've got to say. I mean, part of that issue has got to be... um the offensive line, the struggles on the offensive line, the injury to Ronnie Stanley, who's a really, really good left tackle, and how that sort of permeates through that, through that offensive line. So it's it's difficult to think that all of a sudden they're going to flip the script, but they do have, you know, the electricity of uh, of Lamar, um, you know, who if he breaks contain can pick up massive chunks of yardage. Obviously, Kenyon Drake is playing. Obviously, um, Mike Davis is playing. Um, you know, but this is not necessarily guys that you want to go into battle against a, you know, an above par defense like the Dolphins defense, you know, a really good, a really good unit. So so we'll see. They but they're gonna have to get this run game going because, you know, if you've got cornerbacks like Xavier Howard and you've got defensive backs like Javon Holland and you've got cornerbacks like Nick Needham, then you know, you don't want to be going up with with Devin Duvernay and James Prochet and Rashad Bateman and expecting them to beat, you know, elite level corner elite level safeties like that yeah and there's been a lot made out of the the cover zero blitzes and greg roman seemed to have it on on his mind uh his availability with the media he says that the ravens will have to make miami pay if they quote unquote roll the dice by playing cover zero 
Uh, Lamar Jackson says that it's on his mind and that they'll have a plan for it. Xavier Howard was asked about it, and he said, "Well, obviously they think that we're going to do that, so we're going to, so uh, you know, so we're going to have to do something different and mix it up." Uh, mm. Josh Boyer, I thought, was pretty tricky against the New England Patriots. I thought, you know, he 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 went deep into his bag, and execution was was pretty high, especially in the secondary. So, the, what has to be the plan? It has to start really for both quarterbacks. Just force throws to to the boundary, right? Clog the middle of the field. And just stay disciplined. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they, uh, you know, the Ravens, like like I mentioned with their defense, it, it is very interesting what they do and and how they do it. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, Mike McDonald coming over from Michigan, you know, his his defense is sort of predicated. He's a guy who likes to get home with four rushes. You know, did it in Michigan, although obviously it helps with with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. But you know. I actually think we'd be a better matchup last year for this Mike McDaniel offense because last year they just really struggled so much with with motions and shifts and and that's what we did so much and so well on Sunday. Um, but it looked against the Jets like they had that a lot more on lockdown. You know, they're they the interesting thing for me is the run game for the Dolphins. You know, this is a a real wide nine team. This is this is Wade Phillips wide nine all the way. You know. Um, a lot of too high shell, as I said, a lot of third down pressure. They blitzed Patrick Queen 13 times in that game um, at the weekend, which is an awful lot. So you have Patrick Queen and Chuck Clark, the safety, mugging the A-gap. And they move those safeties around a lot, as I said. So two is going to have to be really aware of uh, of those sorts of things. Not only aware of who's coming, but actually the thing that concerns me most is that they change coverages within the play late in the down. And that's something that can confuse somebody who's not, always switched on with identification as a general rule because Tua doesn't like to be forced off that first read. Um, Justin Madubrique, the defensive tackle, is a really, really good player. But I think with the with the wide nine like that, you're putting huge stress on the defensive lineman, the interior defensive lineman, you know, the, the Calais Campbells, the Michael Pierce's, Madubrique's, as I've just talked about, you know, to make plays in the run game. And if, if the Dolphins can get that inside zone run game going, that will certainly help take a player like a Chuck Clark out of the box because they they like to run these flood concepts underneath, um, where they just flood the field with um, with safeties. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, as I talked about, Marcus Williams, but also what they do is they drop defensive linemen off into coverage. So at the weekend, you saw Adafi Owe dropping off into coverage. You saw Michael Pierce dropping off into coverage. You saw Calais Campbell dropping off into the second level. They like to come up and show nine men at the line of scrimmage, cover zero, and then drop way back. I mean, there was there were plays where Kyle Hamilton was lined up in the middle and he would drop back into the sort of deep centre field at the snap of the ball. It was, you know, remarkable to watch. So, you know, and Williams is one of the best, like I said earlier, one of the best safeties in the game. So I, I think, you know, McDaniel's got to find a lot of, I mean, he did it on Sunday against the Patriots, but he's got to do it again this weekend. He's got to find some funky ways to get guys open because there will be chances but I think it's imperative that we establish the run game just to keep that defense honest. Yeah, uh, and if and if they are going to stay with their with their alignment, and why wouldn't they? Uh, there's going to be opportunities because some of the things that Miami does best, as far as the running game, or really a Mike McDaniel system, what it does best is a lot of those buck buck runs and some of those counters. Uh, those things just work just so well when when you're sending bodies at a wide nine rusher is good things just tend to happen in the run mm-hmm. game they just do because when you stand you're basically sending three to block one uh good things just happen you get a lot of leverage runs that way and if you start popping four or five yards every carry on these leverage runs and then they start uh compensating for them by sent by bringing more people into the box that's when your play action game can really pop open and when you have a Tyreek Hill and a, and a Jalen Waddle that can mean 60, 70 yard touchdowns. So, yeah. so yeah, there's going to be opportunities. Chris already picked the game. He thinks it's going to be a slog and Miami will, will prevail 20 to 13 in what is not a very, very pretty game. I found it interesting that NFL network was making their picks and like four out of the seven people were picking like pretty high scoring affairs in the, in the high twenties, low thirties. I don't see it that way. I'll go ahead and pick it. I'll say Jason Sanders is the hero, 24-21 Miami. What say you, Simon? 
Yeah, I was actually going to say 24-21 as well. Um, I, like I said, right at the top, I think it's a pick em game. Um, I suspect the Ravens will probably eke it out, but I'm going to pick the Dolphins anyway because people are like, just bitch about how I'm like, <laughs> you know, a realist. Um, so I'm going to say that uh, it will be 26-21 uh, to the Dolphins, even though I think the Ravens will win. All right. All right, that's it. The next time we talk to you, hopefully we'll be talking about a win and then talking about the game. And then, of course, next week, of course, we'll be looking forward to the showdown of all showdowns, Dolphins, Bills. But first, it'll be the Ravens. We'll talk about the Ravens in this Ravens game on Monday. On Monday. Enjoy the game. Talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider.